In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet whose host has been practicing social distancing for much of his life. So right now, no big deal. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I am Detective Mark Smarts, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fay. What's going on, man? How are you? um, Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with your open there. I mean, you talk to your best friend three times a week over the phone, and that's it. Pretty much. <laughs> um, also, that's all you really need, right? Yeah, about yeah, as I, socially distanced from us as you can get, host of Real Talk Radio, Justin LeBlanc. Hey, 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 Justin J.O.B. is here. How goes it, guys, on this lovely isolated Sunday? How are you guys? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. <coughs> oh, sorry. Uh, really? Really, just gonna go there. Um, so, so just to, to clarify, we are going to do everything we can to not talk too much about coronavirus in this episode because I am sure everyone is sick of hearing about it. Pun very much intended. Um, yep. But, but the fact is, it is having a huge impact on the world and the world of professional wrestling. So it's going to come up. I apologize if you're looking for a little bit of escapism. Um. But at the same point, we are going to try to keep this fun and, and exciting and entertaining because we know people need fun and entertaining right now. Amen. Um, I would also like to take this moment to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this and liking, sharing, and subscribing, of course, why not head over to tatnusco.com and check out the other shows in the network like Tatnus Uncensored, Chicken Hen with S&M, In the Dice Box Slam, and the newest one, Basement Bullshit. Hey! Still haven't checked it out, but I'm still meaning to, so it's still on the list. And uh, I'm not going to be busy in school since I'm off for two weeks, so I will certainly be checking out some Tatnus Co. podcasts. And then um, I'm also going to say stay tuned all the way to the end of this episode for a huge announcement that will shake the very foundation of Raw and Order WBU. Okay, maybe I'm exaggerating, or maybe I'm not. Only time will tell, hopefully, yeah. at the end of this podcast. That yeah, time, time meaning the hour and hour, many minutes we talk about other crap. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but on that note, I think we'll just... Which you'll think, still enjoy, by the way. Yeah, yeah, you still... I mean, we talk about other crap for an hour and a half on a regular basis. Like it. Why not this time? It's true. Or they tolerate it. I don't know. Anyways, um, I don't even remember who went first. You guys just have a valid week. point. I think we mostly just talked elimination chamber and stuff. So, um, so I'll go ahead and start with the first crime this week, um, and it's going uh, against whoever in WWE production thought it was a good idea to keep the cameras running during the commercial breaks for this week's empty arena SmackDown, um, because. 
it allowed for several minutes, several ex- excruciating minutes of Bailey, Sasha, Alexa, and Nikki just standing around in the ring to air on some of the international. I don't know if you guys got a chance to check these out, but it's kind of funny, but at the same point, it's... I mean, I did check it out. Uh, I also saw the tweets that Alexa Bliss posted, then deleted in regards to how angry she was about that. Um, She did have a very valid point, though, in regards to, you know, like, we're here still trying to entertain you. Why why do you guys have to, you know, ruin all, not the fun, if you will, but why do you have to ruin everything? We're here trying to entertain you in this chaotic moment and so on and so forth. But then she quickly deleted it because she's like, wait, it's social media. This is what they do. Well, and here's here's what I'm trying to I am not actually angry with them for not wrestling during mixel breaks because no. you're you're in an empty arena. Don't put your body through extra bumps if you don't have to. I'm down with right, that right. 100%. It's the fact that they didn't cut the feet. The, you know, you, you're known for saying one job, Justin. They had one job, and that's to cut the feed for the commercial breaks. Uh, because whoever chose not to, you know, uh, that that was a failure, you know. I In, in former days, they would have just crapped on a, a, a rest hold, headlock in the middle of the ring, and held that for the two minutes or three minutes of commercial break. And, I, you know, that would have been at least better. But in this way, it really did kind of break the illusion for those who are sitting at home watching and suddenly in the middle of the match, everyone just kind of stops and stands around for three minutes and then and then starts wrestling again, you know? But but that's why, like I say, I'm, I, I want to be 100% clear. I am not angry at the wrestlers for not wrestling during the commercial break. Right. Somebody other. needed to inform them of said situation. Yeah, hey, hey, people can still see you. Oh, hey, this oh, crap. is the picture in picture, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, this was, but it, it still, you know, it's the, the whole show just in general was weird. Um, I didn't hate it. I did not yeah. hate it. I mean, but I feel, yeah, good. But, but it, but it was, it was just, it was eerie to be perfectly honest. And there were a few things that were a little weird. And one of them's a misdemeanor I was going to get to, but might as well talk about it now. Um, when Bailey and Sasha came out at the beginning of it, they, they delivered these whole promos and everything, and they both had microphones. And they were talking to the crowd who didn't exist because there was no crowd there. And, and that's just, you know, all you need to do is talk straight to the camera because that's your crowd, you know? Uh, instead well, of looking just around. what they do normally. I mean, I've been to shows where they're talking to the hard cam. Yep. And, and, and I even mentioned to my wife while watching it that I'm pretty sure that what it is is the Performance Center does not have a hard cam mounted. Uh, so they were doing entirely handheld cams. So they, they where it was. Make you just confused and everything but it didn't matter there wasn't a hard cam they were standing mere feet away from a camera when they were doing this mm-hmm. but they're looking out to the crowd that of course is an empty arena and they're looking this way and that um they're also holding microphones which in this situation made absolutely no sense either because you're standing three feet away from the camera and there's no one in the audience so um 
I, I think for future, that's why this was just a misdemeanor I was talking, for future of these potentially e- empty arena shows, which I have a feeling we will see in a few weeks, um, I, you know, I think it would probably be wise for them to just drop the, the mics in general, um, at least for promo, you know what I mean? Because the the idea of the microphones is they're miking so that everyone in the audience can hear them, but there's no one in the audience, so just talk to the camera, drop the mics, and it'll feel a lot more face-to-face. I think sticking with the natural feel, though, is not a bad idea. Yeah, I think you're being a bit too critical for nothing. Um, You know, it would make everyone feel comfortable. One, the wrestlers are used to doing that. Uh, They're used to holding a mic and doing something else with their other hand. It makes the people at home feel comfortable. Hey, at least, you know, I still feel like you're talking now directly to me as opposed to the fans. It still works. See, you um, say that. And I but, think a lot of that was just habit with Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, possibly. But uh, you say you say it, it make, feels more natural to them and everything. I want to point out Macho Man, uh, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, um, and as far as I know, The Undertaker until recently never held a microphone, right? No, Gene held it for him. Yeah, Mean Gene would hold it for them, you know, when they were delivering something, you know, to to a promo. But if they just came out to the ring, they almost, you know, never held a microphone. They would just holler. Or like you said, Mean Gene might come up to the ring. To, but that's my point is it's the the... The wrestler holding a microphone is a relatively recent invention in professional wrestling. It actually, for the most part, came about because of The Rock. Um, Before The Rock, it was usually someone holding a microphone or people delivering promos straight to a camera without a microphone. Uh, John Moxley, in the the, uh, interview with uh, Jim Ross this week, didn't have a microphone, just spoke straight to the camera. Uh, because we know cameras have their own microphones attached to them. I mean, the audience isn't stupid. What? Um, uh, <laughs> and so, so uh, you know, when you're in an empty arena, just looking straight at the, the camera, it actually makes it feel more personal to the viewers at home because you you don't have this microphone in between you blocking part of your face, right? So they could deliver the same thing by looking straight at the camera now, yeah, I get it if you say that the wrestlers might feel a little bit more comfortable with it. I get it, but that's really a teaching thing, not not a not an overall thing. You know, I in my previous life as a theater student for three years of college and many, many years before that, uh, you know, you're, you're taught about how to project to the back row. You're taught to say things so the people in the back can hear them because you're not going to be mic'd from the time. And so it's just a teaching thing. And when you're in an empty arena, you know, that that microphone becomes becomes a barrier in between you and your audience rather than than something that helps. When you're in an arena with a bunch of other people, by all means, you need a microphone there so that person in row 892 can hear you. 
you know? I don't want to upset any, any family members or anything like this, but I, I, again, I'm just going to say I think you're being a little fickle about this one. Yeah, I do. Like, uh, like I, I, say, I once, concur. This this was simply a misdemeanor. I just thought it looked awkward. That's why the the, the microphone thing wasn't wasn't actually the 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 misdemeanor. It was the fact that they were delivering their promos to the empty crowd yeah. instead of to the mic to the camera that's in front of them. That was the thing. I just think that... Yeah, and that they should do. The, because so, they do it already. That is 100% how they're taught, is to deliver their promos to a camera. Yeah. And <laughs> the microphone I feel thing. like also the microphone is directly linked to the, I don't know, the sound system that distributes the sound, or whatever have you, to all of the whatever, to, to us kind of thing, so we can hear it crystal clear. Whereas the camera, having it just the, having the camera sound mic thing, whatever, pick up everything, might not be as good or, you know, not as clear, if you will. Uh, you know, I'm, I, the, the microphone oh, thing, I want... <laughs> What, what you don't know what I said? I'm just saying, like you know, when you're talking on the mic, right? Uh huh. You're talking like on right the mic, now. and it distributes out to whatever, to us, to the viewers, to goes to on our. It's their sound system, if you will. It's their. It's directly linked so that the audio is linked okay. perfectly. No. I get. What Am you're I crazy okay. to think yeah, that? I, no. I I get what right. you're saying. Yeah. I I just think um, you're severely understanding, uh, underestimating the powerfulness of the shotgun microphones that can be attached straight to the camera. Number one. Um, but once again, I want to point out the microphone wasn't even part of the crime. I was just saying how it looked awkward. The crime was the misdemeanor part was them not looking at the camera and just looking out at this empty crowd like they were talking to actual people there. It was awkward booking. Awkward blocking. I, I think the harder part I was mean, the Miz and Morrison did they it. They stopped doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think when they stopped doing anything was the problem. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, okay, well, we're, we're on commercial. Yeah. What? <laughs> that, that was the real crime. Um, and, you know, I mean, the old school solution to that is, because once again, I want to say, I'm 100% down with them not taking bumps while they're on commercial. When there's not oh, no, a crowd sure. there to impress, there's by no all means, don't Rest put your up. body through. But, but that's what rest holds were invented for, you know? You have uh, Bailey put Alexa into, into a headlock in the middle of the ring, wearing her down in the middle of the ring, and then that happens for the whole commercial break, and then they come back. It effectively does the same thing. They rest during that time, uh, but it doesn't have the, the potential for uh, it just to have minutes of footage of two people who seconds before were fighting just standing around. Yeah, we we really, and again, this is it's a tough situation because you really you really do want them to to not stop, don't stop P and PIP because what a gift that's been to us as as fans to have PIP, but to to let your wrestlers know you're in PIP, mm -hmm. like yeah, typically the the referee has some type of earpiece in and that earpiece needs to tell them well and that was the deal is this was even worse because in a lot of international they weren't even in picture in picture it was full screen because some of the international apparently 
some of the international uh, viewings of it didn't have enough commercials to fill the whole commercial break. So they just came back early and it was just full screen Alexa and Sasha didn't just stand it around. Yeah, and there should be enough enough uh, there should be enough production ability, especially in that isolated of a market. And well and, and do what you do. Do what you normally do. Like nobody's asking you <laughs> So I, I guess I get what you're saying. And so, and that's why I just want to make sure that, that it's clear. The microphone thing was never one of my crimes, not even a misdemeanor. I just thought it looked awkward. And in this situation, it would make more sense for them to not hold microphones. But if the, the, the misdemeanor was them delivering the promos to empty seats instead of straight to the camera. And the crime was the person who kept the camera rolling during the commercial break, uh... Because they could have, you know, they could have covered it up in other ways by, like, having the camera cut to backstage where, you know, someone delivering a, a promo or looking for someone or whatever. You know, they've yeah, done all of that stuff. That is a severe production whoops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And, you know, once again, I'm trying not th- – this isn't about about dogging on anyone because th- this is trying times for everyone. They didn't even know they were going to be doing this until days beforehand. They, you know, they were planning on having SmackDown live from wherever it was, wherever it was going to be. Detroit. Minnesota. Detroit? Minnesota. 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 I don't know. Right, I don't care. Um, it didn't happen like there. Detroit. They <laughs> had to. It's supposed to be Minnesota. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but oh, here's no, hoping right. at the very least that this mistake was a learning moment. And because, like I say, I anticipate that we will see uh, quite a few WWE Empty Arena episodes over the next couple weeks. Um, well, we'll see Raw Empty Arena, so... Yep. At least and Raw. One, I believe it's Pittsburgh. But right. at least Raw, way. at least NXT this week, and most likely SmackDown this week. At the end of this week, it might be, uh, you know decided whether or not they continue to do it or i i sincerely doubt they run reruns or anything like that um the only way they would do that is if for whatever reason um they were they were told that they couldn't even you know if if there was a a, a lockdown on gatherings of 20 like you know you know, if if there was something that stopped them from doing it, of either a federal or state level, I you know could see them doing commercial, uh, doing just reruns or, you know, I mean, heck, I mean, one part of SmackDown was they did the entire Elimination Chamber match for the tag team. They just played it on TV, Which so I could weird. see them. It was weird, um, but but at least it was something. So I could see That's them true. saying, "Hey, we're gonna." We're going to air an edited form of this year's Royal Rumble, you know, instead of Raw this week or whatever, if they had to. But I don't think they're going to do that unless they're specifically told you cannot even just film an empty, um, you know, because there's still a certain amount of production crew in that uh, and enough wrestlers have to be there to do that. And, you know, if the if the government of that state comes down and says, hey, we're banning any get together of more than 20 people that might be enough to stop them from even doing that um but i think that's farther in the yeah. future if that even happens um so i would anticipate we have at least two weeks of empty arena 
from WWE and uh, AEW hasn't specifically announced that it's going to be an empty arena. Um, they made it sound like they were going to maybe have family and friends in the arena for Dynamite this week, but we'll see if that even happens because it might. I mean, uh, I know um, Jacksonville has recently put in uh, bans on gatherings of more than yeah, X Yeah, it's like you have to have at least 50, only 50 in a place are allowed now or something. something like that. Exactly. And so that might limit what they can do. But but I, you know, I anticipate we're going to see that for at least a while. So we'll get used to it and they'll iron out some of the, the things with, I mean, the upside is, you know, we, we all remember the the uh, Rock versus, was it Mankind Empty Arena match? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was horrible. It was horrible. Um, <laughs> but at the same point, um, it was creative. It was something them trying. So uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have something like that from one of these companies. Or a House week. of Horrors match. Hey. <laughs> I, I would prefer the Empty Arena match. But, I mean, the simple fact is, you know, they, they could even throw a no DQ false count anywhere match together. And when you're talking about the performance center, that gives them a lot of openings for lot things to happen. A lot of rooms, a lot of rings, a lot of <clears throat> a lot of stuff they could do with it. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I just thought, you know, hopefully they at least learned from this this little snafu and uh, they can stop it from happening because we're gonna we're gonna be seeing a few more of these empty arena matches or shows for the time being. Fair enough. That was all I had for crime number one. So who wants to go next? Jail. Okay, babe, it's all you, good sir. Okay, it's me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Silence. I, I that, that was that was that, like that that, that was moment. the empty arena right there. That was like that moment in, in <laughs> we've all had in class where the teacher says, "Okay, who wants to read next?" and everyone gets silent. Exactly. Yeah, same kind of deal. So, um, without trying to focus too too much on COVID nineteen, um, I I I I kind of want to give a, a mad prop here because, um, oh Jesus, comedy <laughs> is is a gift, um, and so I want to give a prop to uh, Triple H and to the, to all of the wrestlers who did handle that particular. I mean. I deeply enjoyed Daniel Bryan looking around like, how do I do the yes movement here? <laughs> and and uh, Drew Gulak being like, come on, buddy, it's a yes movement. And I don't know why I enjoyed it so much, but I did. I, I just simply enjoy. I enjoyed Triple H's commentary ab- about um, the ability to sneak through the audience. You know, <laughs> just the whole thing. <laughs> right. just, this is yeah. this is really enjoyable. Triple Here. H had some golden moments on SmackDown, oh. um, but when uh, he got up and and helped with the camera for a while, and then mentioned later, you know, it's because we're so short staffed, you know, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, drawing the little and goatee. The thing on... too is, do you do you think like I felt like. I felt like he was pissed too at the same time because he was kind of demoted and he was just kind of messing around or did you think he was just in full control and he just wanted to be funny um, Triple H? I, I think it might be a little of both. Triple H has a long history. Triple H is all that demoted right now just so everybody's aware based on some of the statements he's made. Well, tri- Triple H, it's it's apparently 
was a um, kind of a quiet thing that happened over the last couple months. He is no longer in charge of talent anymore. Correct. And uh, that's considered a demotion, although I am sure he is not making any less money. Um, uh, but, you know, Triple H has a long history of being a little bit anti-authoritarian uh, on mm. screen, um, even though he has been the authority on screen for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. Um, so I could see him being a little bit like, well, you're going to demote me and then, then watch what I'll do. But at the same point, humor has always been, I mean, ever since the start of DX, humor's been a major part of Triple H's repertoire on Sure. Um, you know, whether it was leading the invasion of WCW um, or uh, pretending to be uh, the nation, which is is a gimmick that probably shouldn't have flown back then and still shouldn't fly. Um, but it did back then. So um, but like so humor has been a major thing. We know he's got the humor chops. I, I think he was really most likely just, you know, we're in a tough situation here. We got to make this as entertaining as possible. So I'm going to do whatever I can to be entertaining. Um, I bet you they were running on a very shoestring talent roster just in general. Yeah. Um, and possibly a shoestring production roster. Uh, maybe they were told, literally, you can only have X number of people in this building at the at one time. And so he did the math, and he's like, okay, we have this many wrestlers for these matches. Um, okay, we, we can only have a two-man booth, and it makes, you know, makes no sense for us to have Michael Cole and Corey Graves there if then I have to leave the building because that puts us over the, the number, you know? So... Um, yeah, but I enjoy. I I actually thoroughly enjoyed SmackDown. I might even have enjoyed it better if they hadn't replayed the entire Elimination Chamber match, um, because that kind of felt like awkward in the middle of this empty arena storyline. Then suddenly, here let's throw to a packed crowd at Elimination Chamber. That's true. Uh, yeah, but that was kind of. But nice. I mean, SmackDown in general was pretty decent. Like mm-hmm. I enjoy it. it might know, have been my like... favorite SmackDown over the last. Two or three months. Yeah, I would say I yeah. would say it's the best SmackDown since November, and that's impressive. Best I, Miz and Morrison was... promo ever, by the way. Wow. Oh yeah, I loved it. If you don't think we're the greatest champs of all time, <laughs> I uh, I love it. Oh, so good. I I enjoyed so much. I enjoyed the fact that they actually had Alexa Bliss wrestle. Uh, that they didn't just have her do another moment of bliss with so and so. Um. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the whole show. So, and and I enjoyed minus, that they even minus the snafu in production. Minus the snafu in production, and even that, like I didn't actually see it until later. It didn't affect my uh, thing. It, it it only affected certain markets, and so you know it didn't affect my enjoyment of the show at all. I just saw it later, and I said they had one job, and that's to make sure this part doesn't go out to the public, and they forgot. Uh-huh. So. But, but like I say, I, I'm sure that Raw will go off a lot smoother. Um, and that... Really? I don't know, man. Three hours? Oh, you just mean in general for... Same yeah. production. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be effectively the same production crew. And whoever uh, allowed that to get out has been sacked. I'm sure. I, I hope he hasn't been fired. I hope he just... They're just like, dude, you can't do that. 
no. That's that's a no. Well, and that's like that's like six people's failing. You know, that's not just one. That's yeah. somebody. It's somebody in the back. It's, it's somebody at the networks failing. Yeah. Don't throw back to a show if you haven't told them you're throwing back to the show. Um. So it goes all all levels. But but yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Triple H on commentary was was awesome. Um. I wouldn't hate seeing him on commentary more. Um, in fact, he's he's to a point now that I would be fine if he pulled a Jerry Lawler and transitioned to his entire on-screen role to commentary um, with the very, very rare occasional match return like Jerry Lawler has done. Um, I would prefer him to Jerry Lawler, to be honest, but that yeah. surprises nobody. Well, and, and something that would be really cool with that is he can still play the authoritarian um, mm-hmm. as as Vince did in the Montreal Screwjob. He was actually commentary that night. Mm-hmm. Um, how, I mean, you can actually set up a second Screwjob, yeah. which would be kind of its own epic little moment. Um, obviously not actually having it be a Screwjob. <laughs> yeah, so... No, so I agree with you. I mean, it was a very entertaining SmackDown all around. Triple H was awesome. His his um his drawing the little blackening the goatee uh, of Michael Cole uh, with the Sharpie marker was hilarious. <laughs> so no, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed SmackDown. Like I say, it was probably my favorite SmackDown for a long time. Um, and so I, I 100% agree that that uh, that gets gets charged with being great. I guess it, under the circumstances, I don't I don't know. I, I think I think they just rolled with it, and throwing that comedy in was a gift to everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you and I have talked before about how uh, a lot of the uh, real sports feel fans out there don't understand how important comedy wrestling can be. Like, I'm not saying every match needs to be a comedy match. In fact, no. it's very important that every match is not a comedy match. Correct. But comedy is tied to professional wrestling very, very tightly. Just right yeah, I, I think, and I don't think it just has to be, um, you know, I like that it didn't have to be the Santino Morello comedy wrestling or the... Orange Cassidy comedy wrestling. It could just be, we got a bad situation and let's try and laugh about it. Let's have Miz and Morrison come out and say, hey, everybody cheer if you don't think we're the greatest tag team of all time. Well, and I mean, the simple <laughs> fact is, uh, if you look back at the history of televised professional, the heel commentator is very, very closely tied to comedy. Absolutely. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Heenan, uh, I like it. Bobby the Brain Heenan was uh, probably, in my opinion, the best heel commentator of all time. And part of why he was the best is he was also the funniest. Um, and yeah, he was hilarious. And and even though he played the the sneaky conniving heel, he also kept you on your toes laughing almost every. And he kept the other commentators on their toes laughing most of each episode. So um, I think they're tied inherently together. You know, I I have my problems with uh, Jerry Lawler, but he did have some great moments on commentary. And most of them were when he was playing the comedy to Jim Ross's straight man, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
And and so that's important. And in a way, it might be what's been missing on a lot of WWE commentary teams recently, NXT included. NXT is very straight-laced for their commentary uh, because they're trying to have that real sport, you know, so right. serious, you know, analysis of the match. Uh, Corey Graves on, on SmackDown does a pretty good job of bringing some comedy every once in a while, but... For sure. But, you know, it's it's an important part of it. And, you know, AEW doesn't really have a comment- comedy commentator, but when you, when you have crotchety old man Jim Ross... Uh, young, knowledgeable Excalibur, and kind of in the middle there is Tony Schiavone. Uh, you you get that sort of feeling, especially with Tony Schiavone not being afraid right. to to take the digs from Britt Baker about you know working at Starbucks and all of that stuff. Um, they all kind kind of blend together to have that comedy feel at times. So so a, a comedy uh, in commentary is very important in wrestling. So I agree that was definitely worth uh, talking about and, and and supporting. It was a very good moment in WWE SmackDown. Now, we could not live off of shows just like that all the time. No, well, and it's, it's it's all about maintaining a balance. So. So you can have the comedy at times, but you also have to have. Well, and it wasn't an, an entirely comedic show. It's just the the premise of the show allowed for them to do some of those segments. The the trips grabbing the camera. The the you know hey under this premise. Oh uh, no! But at the well, same time, they did an understaffed show. Was a storyline understaffed, and everybody walked out on trips. And that it was going to be CM Punk on commentary slash camera, I think is what it was. You know, I mean, that was and there was some some good value to that. Uh, But at the same time, like um, Officer Marks was saying, um, we've always had a comedy, a comedy commentator, you know, Jerry the King Lawler and Jr. for the 90s and early 2000s. Same thing. It just meshed really well. Um, You know what I mean? When he left. Uh, when Jerry, when Jerry Lawler left for, when he left and Jim Ross and it was just basically what it was, who was the JBL and the Michael comedy Cole. commentator, the heel com- commentator, Michael Cole wasn't, no, Michael Cole was the play by play guy. He wasn't Michael really Cole the comedy the factor. Me too though. And stunk at the comedy aspects of it. Fair enough. All right. That's why I don't consider him a uh, comedy aspect of it, but, um, it was a great smack down and it was new for us and you know what it didn't completely bomb it was completely new on what they ended up doing and very interesting it was i i, I enjoyed it i didn't mind it uh it's weird though without any I fans would not like, have a problem it really goes to show you that be... i wouldn't have a problem or a pay-per-view on occasion doing these to say hey we're resting our stars basically yeah like well like about the only uh, about the only problems I can come up with with SmackDown are really kind of nitpicky, to be perfectly honest. Um, like mentioning the the production issue, that's not yep, a problem with that's the show. Nitpicky. That was the nitpicky something. <laughs> um, but but the show itself, like I I made a tweet about um, how someone in WWE was like, well, how are we gonna uh, dress up the production uh, the um, thing for the production they're like oh let's add some lasers and he's like okay is that enough no more lasers okay how about this no more lasers 
because it was just lasers everywhere to distract from the fact that there was no crowd there. Um, right. But that's nitpicky. That's that's something that they'll learn from, and, and future ones might have even more lasers or might have less. I don't know. Um, but I can't I can't fault any of the at, in-ring performances. Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak is, is wonderful together. Um, they play great. off each other very well. They, great. I, if you didn't know better and they just walked into a room, you could almost think they're brothers. They've got basically the same hairstyle. They've got basically the same beards. Um, so um, they play off each other very, very well. Uh, and I mean, the, the whole... The whole show, like I said, I probably could have done without the Elimination Chamber replay, but that might have simply come down to uh, a discussion of, okay, how do we fill this 20 minutes? We don't, you know, if we don't do this replay, we've got to have another at least two wrestlers here to do it. Maybe they couldn't get that many wrestlers in the same building at the same time for whatever reason. Um, so they said, well, and I think they wanted to reduce the number of people traveling too. Quite possibly. Like, I don't know if, if I, if I had a, if I had an employee going to some type of training class, I'd have been like, mm, we'll reschedule you for the training class right now. Just because of the whole airline aspects of things. Now, most airlines are going to be pretty empty. So I don't know. Cheap flight. Sorry, Dave, you're going to get <laughs> coronavirus, but you're going to go to training. I don't know which route you go. I, I I will point out that they still did fly or uh, drive in Roman Reigns from wherever he was at to come to the ring and talk. You know, um, so you know well, that gonna be the big dog. You're gonna have to show up. Yeah, but inversely on uh, Dynamite, which don't get me wrong, was not impacted by. Uh, the coronavirus uh, as much cancellation, but they had Dean Ambrose, uh, but John Moxley interviewed at home. They easily could have done the the uh, Roman Reigns segment as a pre-recorded segment uh, if they were really worried about that. But but I don't but I don't have a problem with it. I just thought it was kind of funny that they they were like, okay, Roman, you've got to come all the way into to Tampa. To Orlando, wherever it was. Orlando? Yeah. Doesn't he live? I think he lives in Florida, though. He might, but it's still a drive. One a but the thing, too, is, as it as mentioned, WWE sent out a letter, though, excuse me, WWE sent out a letter stating that, you know, for those that don't want to come into work or whatever or are scared and so on, they don't have to show up. So I feel like a lot of these wrestlers just showed up on their own accord. Like, hey, listen, we're doing this. Who is willing to kind of come? Who's willing to come? So and plus, I think Roman does live in. Well, and that's why that's why I think the Elimination Chamber replay was more of a logistic stuff. You know, I could have done without it to be perfectly honest, but I can understand if they felt they didn't have enough wrestlers to fill that time with an, an, another match for whatever reason. Yeah. Oh, and I get why they did it, but I was like, really? Couldn't you have shown us, like, I don't know, like, anything? Like, it was a great match. It's just, I've already seen it. I'm good. You know, if I didn't watch Illumination Chamber, I'd be like, all right, cool. Why not? Yeah. Uh, especially watching it with commercials. Yeah. It just takes away from the match completely. <laughs> but so I guess on that note, we will move to Justin for crime number three.
Uh, quite simply, I'm charging Vince McMahon for taking so damn long to postpone WrestleMania like every other sports event ha- or sports brand, if you will, whether it be NHL, NBA, uh, Major League Baseball. Um, and quite WWE still hasn't announced anything, but Tampa has. And the CDC has also issued um, that buildings and arenas can't have more than 50 people. Uh, So essentially, they're being forced uh, to close. And it's just such a shame that Vince or WWE hasn't actually said anything yet. Like, what is, I understand, you know, there was 20 days, you were waiting. But, man, Vince, how greedy can you be, bro? Like... You know, Holy I'm gonna moly. I'm gonna jump in and play devil's advocate on this. Um because As you well, yeah, I do it a lot, but um <laughs> uh, Vince had so much money tied up into WrestleMania. It is their it is their Super Bowl. Um and uh I I don't blame him for for taking as much oh. time as he can to try to come up with a contingency plan. There's been reports that came out today that uh, they're very close to announcing a a um, alternative WrestleMania that would be a lot smaller of a venue, maybe even an empty arena WrestleMania. Um, because here's the deal, to postpone it, you are not gonna find another place at any point in such short notice to actually have WrestleMania of the size and scope that it knows, right? There's not think, enough place out there who'd be able to step up in such short notice, right? Um, I think the other aspect to this is that there, I mean, it, let's be honest, it's acting. Yeah. Like, how do you extend those storylines long enough to mm-hmm. have that size of arena again? Yep. That particular arena. And that's the deal is like, you know, say say they were able to say we've postponed it for a month, right? Well, now suddenly WWE's got to shift their entire schedule. The pay-per-view that was going to be in May now has to shift. The pay-per-view that was going to be... So that there's ripple effects going down. So I understand that. Whereas NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, NCAA, they don't have those sort of ripple effects if they suspend the season. Not true. Not true, because they have ripple effects with those arenas, because those arenas could have something planned uh, next month for something else. So it creates a scheduling conflict all around for well, everything. No, you say that, but the NBA and uh, uh, XFL um, have announced that they're spending, but they're they're suspending. They're not rescheduling. They're basically saying this section is not going to happen, right? And that's why it doesn't have those ripple effects in those, because they're basically just saying it's not going to happen. But WWE doesn't have that ability because they continue year round. Boom, boom, boom. You know, XFL could say we're suspending the season. We're not going to do the rest of the season. And the ripple effects aren't as big because they're not saying we're going to pick up the season later on. They're saying these games are not going to happen. The NBA is saying these games, at least for now, are not going to happen. They might later be able to find ways to make up games, but that's a different thing altogether. But the WWE has has a pay-per-view 
in May, a pay-per-view in June, a pay-per-view in July, a pay-per-view in August, a pay-per-view in, you know? And so if they move WrestleMania, even postponing it just a week, suddenly that can throw off all of that pay-per-view schedule for the rest of the year because now they don't have, instead of having four weeks to build to a pay-per-view, they've only got one week or two weeks or whatever, right? We, we've seen what happens when they pigeonhole in excessive pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. It's a too small a time per build. Yeah, so so, so I, I totally understand him holding out till the last possible minute to... Uh, announce any sort of change. I also see it just from a money standpoint, him being like, listen, I'm not going to announce that I'm postponing it or canceling it until I know what I'm going to do instead. Whether that's an empty arena show, whether it's pre-recording the matches, you know? I mean, they're... Oh, damn. Okay. They could go and and pre-record each of the matches um, in in an empty arena, you know, and then air them as a WrestleMania on pay-per-view. Um, you know, they have those options. I have a feeling he's exploring every single one of those, but he doesn't want to say WrestleMania is canceled or WrestleMania is postponed until he kind of has an idea of what he's doing. So I understand it. I Do I wish he would say something soon? Yes. Um, but, you know, when the city of Tampa was deferring to him on saying, hey, listen... Do you want us to cancel? Uh, you know, the governor says that we shouldn't do this, but we're going to let you decide. Do you still want to do WrestleMania? Um, of course you say yes. It's, it is your harvest. It is where you make right. all of your money. Not all of it, you know? Um, and so I totally... Yeah, that goes to Saudi him. Arabia. Yeah. Well, that's the deal. Is I totally understand him him uh saying hey we're gonna hold out a little bit and try to figure this out before we knee-jerk a reaction um you know he also unlike ncaa basketball nba basketball he also has the um luxury of not having one of his performers being diagnosed with corona you know um so the ncaa and and nba both kind of had the decisions made for them because there was exposure directly to one of their players. Um, whereas, you know, right now, as far as we know, nobody in WWE has tested positive at all. Um, and so that plays into it. Do I think WrestleMania will happen as as planned? Probably. Um, do I think they will come up with some other plan? Very likely. Vince McMahon is known for planning. Uh, whether the, it's a good the, the plan bigger or not. aspect is how does that how does that affect all the things that go along with WrestleMania? Because the entire wrestling industry really revolves around that first weekend in April, um, including podcasting, including um, uh, uh, many of the indies. Um, Joey Janela's Joey Spring Break. Has, yep, um, Conrad. Conrad mm-hmm. is going to have difficulty doing the uh, what's his what's his big event. Um, well, I don't think the... he's officially doing a star cast for it, but he he was doing stuff. I think so. Yeah. So I mean, there's 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 an effect to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that might not that I want to give Vince a ton of too much credit, right? But I think Vince does understand that the circus around WrestleMania helps WrestleMania as much as WrestleMania helps the circus, right? 
that having all of those other wrestling events in town at the same time as WrestleMania makes WrestleMania a destination. Um, and so I, I think that he understands that he's got to make sure that whatever his plan for replacing WrestleMania, um, that it also includes some sort of way for some of those other independent wrestling events, um, whether it's the conventions or the Joey Janela spring break wrestling shows or whatever, have have a chance to maybe coordinate a response as well. Um, mm, okay. And so, you know, he, he might be holding out, you know, hoping, I mean, because we still have three weeks, I think, before WrestleMania. There's a chance. It's a very, very slim chance. But there is a chance that uh restrictions will be loosened before wrestlemania and and it could go ahead as planned um there was not a chance that nba game that was supposed to go on tuesday night was gonna go on right um right so the nba and major league baseball and all those that their deadline for making a decision was a lot faster than wwe's deadline for making a wrestlemania okay Fair enough. So that I, I understand, though, the frustration. I would love for him to come out and at least announce something right now. But I like to say, for Devil's Advocate, I can see his side of the coin. Uh, that he doesn't want to make a commitment until he has to and until he's got a contingency plan in place. Okay, that's fair. But anyways, um... You know, I think that t- brings us to the end of crimes for this. I actually already did my only misdemeanor. So do you guys have um, any misdemeanors to talk about? Um, let me think. Fabe, you got any? Uh, yeah, I got a misdemeanor. Wow, women's tag in AEW. Holy cow. <laughs> You're talking about the Sheeta uh, Statlander yeah, Nyla Rose one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome AEW to the women's market. Holy cow, that was a great match. It was a phenomenal oh, was a great match. match. Yeah. Uh, so and... let's let's ignore coronavirus for one misdemeanor, and I'm just gonna give the clap, man. I'm starting the slow clap on that. Uh, we got to roll back a little so bit. You, that was so you went incredible. from one virus to another. What, what are you calling the virus? Oh, the slow clap. No, the clap. Uh, uh, the clap is a whole. Okay, I get what you're saying. Uh, uh, <laughs> way to ruin a moment, bud. We were we were uh, we were elevating women as yeah. a society. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm giving a clap. I'm, I'm doing the speeding up of the slow clap. There we go. There we go. No, I I absolutely loved it. I agree with you. Um, that uh that women's match it 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 was so great that even when it went to picture in a picture during the commercial. Like I was behind because I work up until seven, and up so I have to drive home. Starts. Yeah, yeah, and so it builds up on the uh, the the good old DVR, and so I usually use commercial breaks to fast forward to try to catch up. I couldn't during that match because there was still exactly. enough happening picture in picture on the commercial break that I had to sit there and watch. I mean, we're talking Hikaru Shida. Uh, B. Priestley, Chris Statlander, those are three of my favorite women's wrestlers in the world right now. And out you there. Partnered with the fourth one, so you better mention her. Not and to mention the women's. Not world to mention champion. Nyla Rose 
the AEW Women's Champion was out there. Thank you, because uh, she's awesome. And so she's it was a, <laughs> it it was just a phenomenal match from beginning to end. And um, and I don't know if you had a chance to see AEW Dark this, but uh, that'll uh, be a hard no. I didn't see it. No. When you get a chance, go on. AEW Dark has started doing this where they'll they'll release just individual matches on their YouTube channel as well couple days later so get on there and look up the abaddon versus hikaru shida match from AEW dark um uh shida impresses me in every respect in wrestling not only is she very very talented in the ring from a technical standpoint not only does she have a great look uh to her but in this match versus abaddon um, and I'm not super familiar with Abaddon as a as an independent wrestler. Um, she's got a uh, kind of zombie character sort of a thing. Uh, okay. So she comes out. She's got like mismatched, you know, virusy contact lenses, stuff like that. And um, Hikaru Shida did a wonderful job selling this. What the hell am I looking at? You know. I'm a little scared of them at the beginning and then firing up in the middle. It was phenomenal. And so I got to see that on Tuesday and then on Wednesday, see her in the tag match. It was so great. It was a great week to be a women's AEW fan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is no dig on Britt Baker, but it's going to be a dig on Britt Baker. Thank you for not even finally not making her the face of your women's division because it's done so much for that division. And I know that theoretically the champion's supposed to be the face of the division, um, but Riho never was, you know? And Britt was the one that they featured, and gosh, I just, I think Nyla and Chris do it so much better than than even Karma did when she came was it Karma that she was going by? Awesome Kong did when she was there. Um, well, and and they even still featured Britt Baker. Um, they're obviously building a feud between her and Big Swole. Um, but a support character now, instead of her being the, the every week was Britt Baker, Britt Baker, Britt Baker. The only other woman that that I felt could have done that, that they were featuring, was um, Kylie Ray. Mm-hmm. Kylie Ray is that, is that her name? Bunny. Oh no, Allie. Allie, Allie. So. Um, because Allie and Brandy's feud was so good early, and then it was gone. It was just gone. Um, and now it would be garbage if they tried to do it with Bunny. So, um, you know, I, I deeply, deeply enjoy where the women's division is going now. Um, Nyla is a phenomenal champion, and when somebody small knocks her off, um, it will be a true overcomer story because of how strong they've built her right now. And she's just, she's great as a champ. I love it. Agreed. Agreed. So... Um, That's my misdemeanor. Great job, AEW. I'm finally getting the women's division going the right way. I enjoyed AEW so much this week. Um, And, you know, I... It would sound silly um, after talking about how great I, I enjoyed SmackDown this week to talk too much about AEW. But, you know, aside from the the women's tag match that started off the show uh that was phenomenal all around um they also had a phenomenal uh pre-recorded vignette with christopher daniels um saying screw the dark order they had uh butcher and blade and mjf versus the jurassic express which was tons of fun 
Uh, yeah, that was a good match. MJF wearing his I pinned Cody t-shirt. Uh, yeah. I kind of want to buy that shirt, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like so, that's not... Someone tweeted at him, where can I get I that remember. shirt? And he says, until you pin Cody, you don't deserve it. So, uh, oh, snap. It's got a point, though. Uh, yeah, uh, Joey Janela and Private Party versus Death Triangle, which I'm not 100% down with the name Death Triangle right now, uh, but I like the team. Phoenix, Pentagon, and Pack together as a team really work together. Oh, great. Uh, about the only thing I didn't like is the Death Triangle submission maneuver at the end. It was really clunky because it was all like you line up all three of the people. Uh, so Private Party and Joey Janela and and you hook their arms in a way and then all three of you sit on and, and pull back on them. And it just really didn't flow together very well. But that could be that this was the first time they tried it on TV and they'll find a better way to put it on later. But uh, the, And then the main event, you got Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page and Dustin Rhodes. That's a great match just in general. Um, and I enjoyed almost everything. And it ended in a great way, you know, because they're still building up. They've got a few months before their next pay-per-view. So they've got to build the inner circle as running roughshod for a while. So you got to have the heels standing triumphant at the end. It was a great show all around. So um, I'm going to extend the, uh, the misdemeanor on the women's tag match and say it was a, a perfect kickoff to a very, very good show all around. Yeah. The second misdemeanor I have is against um, SmackDown again. Um, good job on... So uh, a competitive move. I think this was a solid competitive move. I, uh, maybe you guys will correct me on this. But when you're mentioning somebody sneaking up through the audience and there is no audience, and so nobody saw them, it ruins AEW's ability to say that with Moxley. <laughs> and that was a, a significant competitive move. Even if it wasn't actually done in that sense, even if it was done comedic, um... That that could be a big. Wait, I don't I don't get that. Why is that a competitive mood move? Because Moxley always comes in through the crowd. Yeah, and so he's he's snuck in through the crowd before. So it was it was not a it was more of a dig at AEW, possibly or maybe not. But it ruins AEW's ability to have that com that same comedy in their show um, five days later in their and, potentially mm, empty arena show coming up. Yes, which which would have made a lot of sense with Moxley. It also made a lot of sense with um, Sasha, but because of the situation, to make it funny, but and in the storyline. But as a whole, it became it, it inadvertently, it maybe inadvertently or inadvertently became a competitive move and uh, misdemeanor of good move <laughs> to actually say that and make that joke when they did. Well, while we're mentioning John Moxley, I feel it's a good time to move to commendations uh, because he is my main commendation. Oh, um, I am giving John Moxley a huge commendation, and it's even one that he he probably wishes we didn't know about. Um, oh. So when talking about uh, all of the shows, we mentioned all of these shows being canceled, uh, especially independent wrestling shows um, all around the world being canceled, whether it's in the UK or 
uh, in Europe or here in America or in Japan or China, you know, wherever. There are a lot of these shows that are that were supposed to take place over the next couple of weeks that are not due to all sorts of stuff, travel issues, um, uh, issues with having the event just in general. You know, like you said, there are places uh, here in America where they're restricting it to no gatherings of more than 30 people, you know. Mm. Um, well, you know, uh, where you're from, uh, up in Canada, Justin, yeah. I, I know they just closed and said you can't have bars and pubs open. Uh, um, yeah, so bars and pubs, clubs, however, if you are a restaurant, it's still limited it up to 250. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so they're doing a lot of that. So, um, we had a lot of, uh, events being canceled and apparently there were a bunch of them here in the states that um got canceled and the promoters set up gofundme pages uh saying oh, hey okay hey uh if if you can donate to these gofundme pages um you know it'd be great i'll, I'll use the money to pay the wrestlers who were supposed to wrestle here so they at least earned something even though the show didn't take place uh and uh a bunch of these GoFundMe pages had uh, really large, um, substantial donations uh, by a guy uh, who went by the name John Good. Uh, uh. And uh, they did a little bit of researching, and John Good um, is is actually John Moxley's real name. Um, oh shit! And and so it's turned into uh, realizing that he was supposed to wrestle at a lot of the uh, events independently, um, and he is in a, a, a situation financially that he doesn't have to wrestle an event to to make money, right? Uh but he knows that a lot of these other wrestlers out there really do need these independent to make ends meet. And, right. uh, and so he, out of his own pocket, donated to these GoFundMe's um, to help these other wrestlers. And he did it, I'm assuming, he did it in a way uh, to try to not bring attention. Uh, and and because of that, that's why I'd say Whoa. he might not even... Way to ruin his plan. Uh, I wasn't the one who figured out it was him. But once someone figured out it was him, uh, I think it is very important to give him credit where that he, he really has done a lot to help the wrestling community just by himself. And giving back to the wrestling community is one of my favorite things to see a wrestler do. Um, so, so that is uh, my main commendation for the week. Good commendation. Uh, so, so that that plays into my second commendation, um, which really ties in directly to the first one, in a way. So the huge commendation for number two goes out to uh, our friends at Wrestle Talk, uh, fellow wrestling podcasters, video casters. Um, if Wrestle Talk didn't exist, I don't know if our podcast would have started because they really did 
help ignite the the bug of wrestling podcast. Wrestle Talk in conjunction with Will Ospreay is putting on a uh, they're calling it Wrestle Talk Showcase No Fans Monday. Um, it is a YouTube only show that is going to take place uh, in London this Monday, as in we're recording this Sunday night, so tomorrow this will go live on Monday. So some people might hear it beforehand, but maybe not. Um, it is going to be uh, in the States here, 3 p.m. Eastern, which would be 2 Central, I believe, uh, uh, which is where we are, or noon Pacific, um, whatever the other ones are. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you can you can do all of the uh, math in your head. 7 p.m. GMT uh, in London. Um, it's going to be a YouTube-only show. It is going to feature uh, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, David Starr, versus Callum Newman. Uh, the OJMO versus Paul Robinson. Kyle Fletcher versus Connor Mills. Rampage Brown and Nathan Cruz versus Robbie X and Kid Lycos. Um, and the main event is going to feature Will Ospreay wrestling his real-life girlfriend, B. Priestley. Oh, snap. And all of the proceeds, every Super Chat, every donation, all of the uh, ad revenue, if they get any ad revenue from it, all of it will be split amongst the talent and crew uh, to help those wrestlers. Um, so if you listen to this in time to hop onto YouTube and watch that, I highly recommend you do that. If you do not and you still want to support your favorite wrestlers, then buy their merchandise. Many of these, especially yeah. independent wrestlers, uh, earn a significant portion of their money from merch sale. And that's why, you know, when they go to shows, they're selling merch at the shows. Um, so if you like a wrestler, David Starr, OJMO, Will Ospreay, go to their their website, find their shop, and buy some merch from and it will support them. It'll also support the delivery companies that are delivering stuff, because um, I have a feeling that they're gonna feel a little bit of a hit here too. So, um, so that's my big com two commendation. Um, and then my last one is uh, a commendation to both AEW and WWE. Um, and this is going. I we've touched on this uh, earlier in the show, but I, I really want to give them all the praise because they know that in this time where a lot of us are scared, a lot of us are worried about family members um, and spending a whole lot of time at our homes, uh, that entertainment is still necessary. That if we just lock ourselves up in our houses and watch nothing but nightly news, uh, it'll drive us nuts. Oh, and for sure. we need to have entertainment. And we need to have things that give us a sense of normality, right? And if professional wrestling is that for you, they know that it's very important that you still get that. So they're continuing to do everything they can to put on AEW Dynamite, to put on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, even if it's going to be in an empty arena, uh, because it will help all of us survive this together, right? Because um, I know it's scary. Um, and, and it should be a little scary, I'm not going to lie. But at the same point, if you're under the age of 50, um, this, this probably will not be very bad 
personal for you. But if if you know anyone who's above the age of 50, which most of us do, parents, grandparents, friends, family members, friends, you know, um, this can be very, very scary for them. So having this fun, having this to, to release and take a break from it and escape from, from all of that can be very good. So that's why I just wanted to to applaud them for continuing to do what they do and and put on the show to keep us entertained. Because um, I literally don't know what I would do with my Wednesday night if there was nothing wrestling wise in uh, at the moment. You know, I'd come mm-hmm. from my job and my wife and I would sit in our little apartment and socially distance ourselves from everybody. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, and then a little commendation. This is just me throwing this in because I just thought of it earlier today. I it it's been posted for a while, so it's not new. But I stumbled across it. Someone posted a two-hour-long video um, that uh, Kenny Omega at a wrestling somewhere. I don't even know where, right? But a two-hour-long video of Kenny Omega helping these young. Want to be professional wrestlers learn, and it was fascinating. Hmm. And uh, it's not for everyone uh, because it's very much behind the curtain. It's it's talking about warm ups that they can do and and uh, things they can do to help their storytelling better in the ring and all of that stuff. And if you're not the type of person who likes to see how the sausage is made then don't watch it. But for a person like me, it was so much fun to watch. And it was a, another example of a wrestler giving back to the next generation. Right. Um, and so um, it shouldn't be too hard to find on YouTube if you just search. Uh, I think it was Kenny Omega. Oh, I can't even remember what it was called. Kenny Omega in the ring, something like that. Um, like I say, two hours long, it... Uh, some people might not want to invest that much time in it, but for me, it was in in the ring. Kenny Omega, Magic Blog TK Gaming is the channel. Uh, and then after it was done, the next video that they had posted was Dean Malenko doing much the same. So I will oh, watch nice. that this next week too. Um, but but I I and I am sure Kenny Omega received something to come to that school and help teach their their students um but it's still it was very very enlightening and very very heartening to watch one of the greatest in the world today talking to these up-and-coming wannabe professional wrestlers and helping them rather than uh being i'm on top and i want to stay on top right uh do you guys have any commendations to throw out there covered it (laughs) Uh, fair enough. Um, you know what? I don't. I just would like, like to, I guess, take from your book, uh, just applaud to both companies for, you know, still providing entertainment. Everything else is pretty much closing down. You have a bunch of late night shows closing down. They're not doing anything just out of safety for their crew. Uh, there's no sports at the moment. You know, at, at a time where um we need stuff because a lot of people are just home right and they have nothing else to do where we need stuff uh there's just not a lot out there and how much netflix can you watch without binging through everything already um so it's pretty awesome on their part that you know even if it's an empty arena 
by all means, you know what? Like, it is what it is. We get it. You know, we're not going to be judging you for, you know, having an empty arena. You're still there. You're still providing us entertainment when clearly, you know, you can be with your families and so on and so forth. So I just kudos to both brands, both companies. And, uh, you know, it's keeping me sane um, in that regard as well. So just kudos to everyone. That's it's awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Well, now I guess it makes it time for the big announcement. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so the big announcement, maybe that's going to be a little bit anticlimactic. Um, starting this week, Raw and Order will be doing short reviews of Raw, Dynamite, NXT, and SmackDown, in addition to our regular shows. So what hey. that means is a new show nearly every day, right? We will still have the long-form WBU and FBI's going live on Monday and Wednesday as normal, right? But now, Tuesday, Thursday... And Saturday, we'll also have the review shows. Um, now, keep in mind, this is a new uh, experiment, you could even call it. Um, there's going to be growing pains for a bit as we iron out the schedules and we figure out how everything works. Keep in mind that we live hundreds, if not thousands of miles apart, right? So there is going to be some stuff, but we are so excited to start these nearly daily episodes. Um, so uh, you can continue to tune in to hear the WBU and the FBI as normal, but also hear our opinions on each of the shows. And then you can go to uh, Twitter and tweet us why we're wrong with those opinions. Um, or but, why we're so incredibly right. Yeah. Have you been on Twitter? Um they're going to tell us how we're wrong. That's the way Twitter works. Oh, but enough. that's fine, right? <laughs> we're just excited to be doing this. So, um, you know, I, on a regular basis, I'm going to be covering AEW. I fought hard uh, for that. Uh, DA Fabe, I think, is going to be our NXT guy. Um, Yay! And then uh, Raw and SmackDown. Most of the time, I think those are going to be done by Justin, correct? Correct, correct. Um, but occasionally, one of us might fill in on Raw or SmackDown based on schedule. So, um, but so just, it's going to be fun. We're hoping to put a unique twist on it so it's not just your regular review show. Um, but you're going to have nearly daily content from Raw and Order. Uh, coming up soon and we're extremely excited about that absolutely um, but on that note I suppose we'll try to wrap this one up uh, so we can get it out there um, make sure to like share and subscribe this video uh, follow us on Twitter you can always follow me at raw and order WBU I've been tweeting out hand washing songs uh, I think my favorite one is uh, Shawn Michaels sexy boy theme we're I sang it today I sang yep. it today while washing my hands. It, it works. Yeah, it works really well for hand washing. Uh, it's a little awkward if you're in a public restroom and there's someone else in there with you. You think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. What? Um, but... <laughs> Send chills up and down your spine. But it works really good. So you can follow me on Twitter at Raw and Order WBU, where I post uh, silly stuff like that on a regular. You can follow DA Fabe at... D.A. Vincent K. Fabe. And Justin can always be found at... JLB420 is my personal. And for the Real Talk stuff, you can always go to Real Talk Radio 8. 
Awesome. Um, of course, I've mentioned before our Wix site. It will be in the doobly-doos on this particular episode. It'll also be on the pinned tweet on my uh, Twitter page, so you can go there. Um, our Wix site is features a blog. It features a way to listen to these episodes online. So if you uh, work in an office and can't listen on your phone, you can go there, plug your headphones in, and listen right online there. So um, mentioned earlier, of course, we're part of the Tatnisco Podcast Network. So as soon as you're done with this, you can always head over to tatnisco.com, check out the other shows in the network, Tatnus Uncensored, Chicken Hen with S&M, In the Dykes Box Lamb, and Basement Bullshit. Um, you can also pick up some Tatnus merchandise while you're there. He's got some sweet shirts and, and all sorts of stuff, so you can look there. And then uh, if you go to our Anchor site, you can click that support button and support us. It's kind of like Patreon, except, you know, not. Um, but on that note i think we will uh co- close all the cases for today uh so unless da fave and justin have anything more to say um well no i mean i guess real talk radio on anchorwise anchor.fm slash rtr find all my social medias there and uh you know just feel free to uh give us a shout guys uh, let us kind of know uh what's going on because uh yeah just you know something else other than this whole covid situation let's talk wrestling we're here for you guys and uh by all means we don't bite at least not yet not hard at least <laughs> fair enough but on that note where did that go on that note we will close the case today uh thanks for listening we will see you soon with a visit from the fbi actually before that we will probably see you with our raw review have a great day well see you then